everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Docs Sportscast again today. So uh, I know last uh, last episode on Monday was a little uh, a little on the shorter side. We just talked about the NBA and kind of what was going on in the game uh, for the well, what happened uh, previously for the game uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns. Obviously, that series is uh, getting a little bit more exciting. Uh, that game is tomorrow, and uh, you know we do anticipate that the Phoenix Suns will get back on track and uh, win that game, but we do believe it will be a close one. So um, that's our thoughts on it. We are going to shift a little bit here and talk about the NFL as we are less than a month away from the Hall of Fame game, starting off the preseason for the 2021 NFL season. Very exciting. Um, We love football. That's uh, Aurora and I's favorite sport. So we are definitely excited to start the NFL season. Uh, Aurora has been uh, practicing some of her um, some of her quarterback rushes and things on defense, and uh, really been trying to research a little bit more about getting her team started, her expansion team in the NFL, the Flashing Wieners. Uh, Now she does want to look at maybe exploring a team in the usfl or xfl and so that prompted the reasons uh that prompted the rationale for why we are talking about today's topics we are going to be covering some news on the xfl as well as the usfl okay uh so for those of you who don't know and are not aware the xfl is a pretty much it's a developmental league well not really not really developmental league scratch that anyway it's a separate league from the NFL. It's basically a minor league mentality. When you look at it, it's guys who did not make NFL rosters, guys who were not ready to be in the NFL making those rosters. Um, now they're in the XFL. That is, at least essentially that was the thought of the process. If you do remember, they did start up um, in 2019. No, 2000, 2020. 2020 is when they actually started uh, because they did start in the spring uh, shortly after Super Bowl postseason wrapped up for the NFL. Really great concept, guys. I was so excited for that. Um, you know, the D.C. Defenders, uh, good team that was actually close to me. I was excited to actually go watch a game. Didn't get a chance to uh, while they were going on, but the Orlando Apollos led by Steve Spurrier. Um, lot, lots of great teams and lots of good talent out there. There were some great stories, guys. There, there were guys that, you know, pulled ACLs and, were thought to you know never have a career anymore and just guys who loved football guys who loved to play loved the sport really wanted to to get out there and still be a part of it in a way and they had the chance to go and do that so i was super excited for it um a lot of these guys after the league folded did end up making nfl rosters and that was the most exciting part for me was to see these guys get a chance in the nfl once the XFL folded. And I think that's a big part of why we're excited for it. You know, we we believe here on the the podcast in minor league systems. We believe in creating more entertainment, more opportunities for athletes. You know, these NBA players, NFL players, major league players, they're all paid way too much money. I think a lot of us can agree on that. They are paid uh, more money than they need. And I mean, most of them, they're getting paid money that's going to take care of their children's 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 children. And it's just too much money that they really don't need. 
Um, being able to spread the pot out, maybe pay some of these minor league payers and stuff a bit more to give them careers, give them the option to be able to keep playing at a high level and provide more entertainment across the board for places. We are big fans, big proprietors of that um, growing up and being a part of the sports world. Um, once I got out of college and everything, you know, that's my passion here. I love sports. I love what it does for the local economy. I love what it does for the community. Uh, it, it's just an amazing impact and places don't realize the impact of sports, the importance of sports until they don't have it anymore. Um, so even when you look at cities like Seattle who lost their NBA team, now they're wanting an NBA team back. Well, sorry guys, you didn't support the team. You lost them. What would he do? You know, St. Louis, the, the whole city of St. Louis is just declining like crazy because they lost the NFL team, the Rams. So that's the thing that I think a lot of people need to think about. You know, San Diego is going to be hurting after they lost the Chargers. It, it's just something that, yeah, some of these cities may not support these teams. They may not want to back them. They may not want to do a lot. Oakland lost the Raiders. And I, I think these places are really going to be upset. It's really going to be painful. And it's going to hurt the growth of the city. Uh, typically, you'll start seeing some declines in the city's economy. You'll start seeing declines in growth of population, things like that. And so it, it is something that these cities, I think, need to understand and, and contemplate quite a bit more because these NFL teams just do so much, not just for the team itself, uh, but for the community and local businesses. So we are huge about sports. We're passionate about it, and we want to share that wealth across the board to so many other places. And uh, yeah, that's just what we're big proprietors of. And the XFL, USFL, these separate leagues of the NFL will give that opportunity. So yeah, definitely excited about it. Anyway, as we mentioned, we'll get right back into everything here. The XFL uh, folded because of COVID. They played five weeks. Uh, COVID hit. They actually played one game into uh, one week of games into kind of what was going on with COVID. They played one week into it after it was starting to go through the U.S. And then all of a sudden they shut down. Uh, and then later, probably about two weeks later, uh, maybe two weeks to a month later, it was announced that they would be folding and not be returning. Now, that was very upsetting. Uh, very, very upsetting. Uh, there was another league that started up, the AAF, the uh, Alliance of America football or something like that. Um, that league started up and folded as well. Uh, that was before the pandemic. So that league didn't do well for multiple reasons. And it, it really doesn't make sense why these are, are not doing well. It doesn't make sense why they're not making money. They definitely can. They just need the right model and the right people in place. You know, I think if you put the right people in place with these teams, it's going to make sense. Uh, a lot of times they were setting up teams that didn't have local sponsorship reps. They didn't have local people doing some of these deals, bringing in some of these regional local partnerships. They were more so focused on doing national deals, selling national sponsorships and stuff, and that's fine, but these teams have to have their own legs. They've gotta be able to uh, somewhat sustain themselves enough for the league to be able to uh, you know, keep going and not fold, and, and that's the problem. I think these leagues, there's typically one big owner, uh, they're not so focused on every individual team. They're focused on making money for themselves. And that's the thing. They, they bring in sponsorship people. They want to run all the teams themselves, things like that. That's great. But you still need to give your team, all the local teams, the ability to function for themselves. They need their own local presidents that can make their own decisions, can structure the organization the right way, can put people in the right positions to succeed. And you're going to need qualified local sponsorship 
people to bring in sponsorship deals. You're going to need the right people in place for uh, ticket sales. And they did have local ticket people. I know that they had local ticket reps, things like that. But a lot of these guys were not very experienced. So that is something that they can maybe do a better job of. Even if they bring in someone inexperienced, give them proper training and things beforehand. Uh, I, I think that would help quite a bit. But so those were some things they were missing on a local level. I think they did okay when it came to national sponsors. You know, they had they had some big national partnerships things out there um, that obviously didn't continue going. But Progressive was a big partner with them, and yeah, it's sad that uh, you know those partnerships were to the wayside. Now it's probably going to burn the XFL and the USFL when they start up again because those advertisers, those sponsors you know, got burned on those partnership opportunities and they're probably going to be more hesitant. Brands are probably going to be more hesitant now moving forward with these new ones. So anyway, those are some of the reasons for, uh, you know, these teams folding, things like that. Obviously the pandemic played a huge part of it, but I think the setup was just focused very differently. You know, Vince McMahon who did this uh, was the owner of the XFL. You know, he knows the WWE and the WWE you know, in the wrestling world, you, you sell national partnerships, you sell national sponsors, you know, you get TV deals and stuff like that. You don't do local partnerships because there's not local teams. Wrestlers come from all over the place. They participate, they do contracts, stuff like that. It's a very different animal. And you have to be able to allow these teams to be, you know, separate to themselves, their own living beings in a way. And that is what's going to help to give you success in the long term that's what allowed uh, you know programs like the arena football league to last as long as it's did, as long as it did and you know ultimately i think the arena football league was getting so much pressure uh from from other teams other cities that again wasn't run the right way didn't have the right people in the right place and those teams allowed organizations to start to falter and they couldn't keep good organizations in the right spot you know the philadelphia soul was a, a great organization john adams out there um, someone I know in the industry, uh, he's, he's amazing, and he ran that team very well. But there's so many teams that didn't get ran very well because they didn't have the right people in the right places, and that ended up making the league falter. So you've got to be able to put the right people in the right places and build these teams up where they can function on their own. And that starts with talent. That starts with people who knows what they're doing. And so often we see people rush and just try and make a lot of quick money Instead of waiting, putting the right people in place, putting sponsorship people in place who know what they're doing to bring in local funds and help teams function on their own. And with that being said, um, again, those are reasons that the XFL did not work, the uh, AAF did not work, and the XFL did announce that it was going to be starting back up again in 2022 in the spring. Now, that has changed. There was an announcement that came out. The XFL is not going to be starting up in 2022. And the main reason is because they were looking to partner with the Canadian Football League, the CFL. The CFL is a, is a football league that's been been going for many, many years now. Um, they are a very successful league up in Canada. And, yeah, I mean, they're, they're the most successful football league besides the NFL. In, in history. Uh, so obviously there's a bit more of a track record there. There are things that the Canadian Football League has done really well at. And when it comes to supporting and partnering with the XFL, there's probably a lot of questions, there's probably a lot of question marks. And the CFL probably looked at some of the things they were going to do and 
was like, you know, we don't know how this is going to end up for you guys. And if you end up having to fold, if your teams have to end up folding, you know, now our schedule is thrown off. Now this, you know, all our planning has been thrown off for our season. So I think it's a good idea that they kind of tabled those conversations. It's It wasn't announced that they are not going to partner at some point. It wasn't said that they will never work together, but it was said that they have tabled conversations so far, which tells me that the CFL still has, uh, you know, has high hopes for the XFL and what they're looking to do. But hopefully Dwayne Johnson, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, that's right, that's who I said, uh, is an own, the owner of the league uh, with, with some other people. So he came in, purchased the league. The league was purchased for $15 million last year. Okay, now... Again, the CFL, Canadian Football League, is not going to be partnering with them. That is why they have pushed back their start to 2023. So the XFL is now officially going to be starting in 2023, the spring of 2023. That's very exciting news, uh, very exciting news, but it's not the most exciting now because they were probably going to be the first one to start up. Now they're not going to be the first um new league outside of the NFL in the U.S. to start up for football. That is going to be the USFL. We'll talk about them here in a second. But the the league that Dwayne Johnson has purchased is the rights to the XFL. Starting in 2023 could mean it's very troubling. It's very troubling, guys, because this league is has a lot of opportunity has a lot of opportunity out there, a lot of great cities you could pick, things like that, but now you're giving the USFL a chance to spring head in front of you, all right? I like the ownership group. I like The Rock. I know what I, he knows entertainment. He knows how to put a great product out there for people to enjoy, so I think he will do a good job of that. I hope that they can get the right people in place, the right minds in place. Uh, you know, if they want to reach out to me and, and ask me to help them with some stuff and sponsorship, be glad to do it. I, I highly doubt I'm qualified for anything like that. But, you know, they need to put the right people in place um, to set up a, a good structure, a proper structure where they're going to be able to function correctly. You know, a lot of minor league teams, things like that, they they do make money. But there there is usually some help, some financial support from the parent teams. And so a lot of people will say, well, why are these XFL teams not able to function when so many minor league teams function? Well, minor league teams don't function all that well on their own historically. Yes, you have great franchises, you know, Aberdeen Ironbirds, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. You know, you have great uh, AAA teams and great um, minor league teams in general that do a good job, put out a good product, and they make money. You know, the, the Jersey Shore Blue Claws do a great job and, and they fill the seats put butts and seats out there and, and do a really good job but they they do struggle they do struggle at times most of the teams do struggle and uh the reason why they're able to stay afloat and and be okay most of the time is because of those that parent team because they're taking care of some of these players contracts they take care of these players medical expenses things like that because they are contracted and owned by the team that's above that minor league system so that does provide a security blanket for them. When you put everything on those teams, you end up with independent baseball, which Indie Ball has worked. York Revolution, who I've worked for before, Southern Maryland Blue, Cla Blue Crabs, who I've worked for as well, uh, Lancaster Barnstormers. You know, you've got a lot of those teams out there in the Indie Ball League. Um, 
that that do really well. And you know the Long Island Ducks, my God, they crush it. They crush it every year. They're probably the best independent team out there when it comes to putting butts in seats and making money. So the XFL can succeed because these independent teams succeed as well. You just got to pick the right markets. You got the right people in place. I know Camden, the River Sharks, you know, may not have been the best city to put a team uh, for for baseball, especially. But that that organization did okay for a while, but then it had some bad leadership, some bad management in place, and and the place didn't really do all that well later on, and that's why they ended up folding. You know, there's been plenty of teams that have folded from that league, and it's it's mainly because of people who are running it. That that's the big reason that they falter. So if you have the right people in place, you got people who know what they're doing. Uh, know how to put butts in seats, know how to provide entertainment, know how to run a team properly, manage expenses, manage your talent, you're, you're going to be fine. And that's what the XFL needs to look to do. That's what the USFL needs to look to do. So anyway, XFL has been delayed due to the CFL agreement not formally happening currently. That's a bummer for sure, but we'll be excited to see it when it comes in 2023. Now, to move on, and talk about the more exciting news at this point, that is the USFL. Okay, the USFL, the United States Football League, started um, many, many years ago. It was a a league that ran for three years, and then uh, they really didn't do all that well because of some some bad lobbying decision-making. So uh, former President Donald Trump was a owner in that league, he owned the uh, New Jersey Generals, I believe was the name of the team. And that organization, uh, President, former President Trump, pushed heavily to move that league to a fall league to compete directly with the NFL. That did not go well. That, that ultimately pushed a lot of buttons, made things very hard on that league, and they ended up faltering. So, you know... Obviously, President Trump's not going to be a part of this one moving forward, at least as far as we know. And the USFL will be starting in the spring of 2022. So not all that far away, guys. I mean, less than a year, we will see the USFL start up, and that's going to be exciting. So we can't wait to have that. Gives us some options to talk about football pretty much year-round, and we will be super excited for that on the podcast when these things get going. But the league has announced, the USFL has announced, it will start with an 18 minimum. Okay, very similar to what you saw for the XFL when it started up last year. Uh, Fox Sports is an, is the official broadcast partner. Fox Sports has a minority um, equity stake in the team. So uh, they do want to see this succeed. There's a lot of people that want to see the USFL succeed. And I think it's really going to hurt the XFL to start later now, the one thing that can't happen is the XFL can wait, see how the USFL does. If the USFL does not do well and it does end up folding, maybe the XFL can learn from some mistakes and things that happen. But again, I don't think there's all that much to learn anymore. We've had a couple of leagues try to start up, and realistically, guys, it's not that difficult. And and I say that because I'm a person that's worked in the industry. I mean, this is my career working in sports, and, and that's what I do. So... I say that, that it's easy, it's not complicated, but it, it probably is to some people. But at the same time, I can paint a roadmap to you guys, and it's not going to be that hard to follow. You get the right people in place, you get talent in place, 
locally, who knows what to do locally, create community connections, community relationships, partnerships. Those things are what's going to help you drive your team. It helps to drive sponsors. It helps to engage with fans. It helps your sponsors to engage with fans. And it helps provide overall value to the market in what you're doing. And it can help you capitalize on your team. I mean, heck, guys, if the if the D.C. defenders in the XFL had done more local partnerships and local sponsorship deals and things like that, get hospitals on board and, and partner in you know some philanthropy opportunities and things like that, guys, everybody in D.C. wants to turn on the Washington football team. Everybody in D.C. hates the football team that is there, so they would love to support the defenders. I mean, just to just to throw the shaft up at you know the the Washington football team. So, I mean, that, that that's that's the interesting thing here is, are they going to be able to put the right people in place? That is the question, but we are very excited to see the USFL start up. There has not been an announcement as far as cities that they're going to be in uh, or, or any other news as far as that goes, but I am very happy to see that this is going to happen, and I can't wait to see what cities they decide to pick. There's so many I would love to tell them to go to and be a part of, but you never know what they're going to end up picking based on various economies and things like that, studies and things that they're going to do when they pick these places. Now, moving on, we'll do a little bit of news here with the NFL. So the Washington football team is considering, (laughs) they're considering keeping their name, the Washington football team permanently. I'm not, I'm not talking about next year. I'm talking about permanently. Okay. We're not talking about a game. We're talking about practice, right? Seriously, like this is this is absolutely absurd that the Washington football team is is possibly considering keeping their name the Washington football team. Okay, here's what happens, guys. You had this whole thing come out about the Washington football team. They went through chaos, all this crap, and then what happened? Oh, well, Dan Snyder is going to take a back seat, and his wife is going to become the CEO, and she's going to do more of the hands-on stuff. So the first thing that happens after she is put in place is, oh, I can't come up with a better name. We can't come up with a better name than the Washington football team. Seriously? Because people don't even know if you're talking about Washington State or you're talking about Washington, D.C. Like, pick a freaking name. It is not that complicated, guys. It's really, really not. Whatever you pick over time, People are going to embrace it as long as you can win and you can put a good product on the field and you have a chance with Ron Rivera turning that franchise around to do so. So pick a dang name and put it out there for people to start liking. This is absolutely absurd. I really think that this is just another ploy. They're sitting there wanting to get money off merchandise and things like that for Washington football team. They're trying to get some last minute boosts on selling some of their Washington football team apparel and crap like that. And then they're going to pick a name. And then they're going to sell merch for that. And they're going to make all this money on that. And that, that's what it is, guys. It's a money grab. And it's so freaking stupid to me. Either that's the case or they're seriously that ignorant that they don't understand how to pick a stupid name for a team. It is not that complicated, guys. When you got NBA teams who can change their name. I mean, look at the Washington, look at the Charlotte Bobcats. You used to have the Charlotte Hornets that played there. Okay? They left. Then you put the Charlotte Bobcats there. Then the Bobcats said, you know what? Let's go back to the Hornets. Whoopity-doo. That was not brain surgery, guys. They just picked a friggin' name and moved with it. You know, the Washington team used to be the Washington Bullets, okay? And they changed to the Wizards. What the heck does the Wizards have to do with Washington, D.C.? Absolutely nothing. 
So do you have to pick something that goes with them? No, you don't. So don't sit there and come up with a name like, oh, the Cherry Blossoms, because you're in DC. Just freaking pick a name and people will get behind it. No one's going to care. Ugh. So stupid. Anyway, we'll move on from that. The ridiculousness that is the Washington football team. Um, and we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers. Okay, guys. So we talked on the podcast a couple months back when all these things were going on with Aaron Rodgers. You know, my, my, my parents were sitting there asking me about it. Uh, you know, my, my mom was definitely like, oh, he's going to be traded. He's going to be traded. Look, guys, he's not. He's not going to be traded. I'm telling you right now. He's not going to be moved. He's not going to be traded. We said that two months ago, that we don't believe he's going to be traded. We also think that he is a guy of integrity, that he is a player that has honor to him, and he will go out there and he will play, and he will play for his team. So I don't think that he's going to sit out. I don't think he's going to be sitting on a golf club, golf course and just playing around. He's going to get starting workouts. He's going to come and get to be a part of the team. He's going to be there during the preseason. He may even sit out all preseason, but guys, don't worry. He's not going to be traded. I'm telling you right now, he is not going to be traded, and he will end up playing for the Packers. I'm telling you that right now. I mean, if I'm wrong, fine. You can tell me all day long I was wrong, but I'm telling you 100%, I believe he is going to end up playing, and Aurora agrees that he will end up playing for the Packers. There is no better team for him to play for next year. I mean, heck, they just came off the Super Bowl. He's familiar with those guys. He's familiar with the schemes. And yes, he did a power play, and he has made that organization start to understand, holy crap, we need to back you. I think he's done what he wanted to do. He's accomplished what he needed to accomplish so that when they go to the postseason next year or when they're in games next year in the season and it comes down to a fourth and long or a fourth and short or whatever it is, they're not going to go for a stupid field goal. They're not going to sit there and try and rely on defense. They're going to let Aaron Rodgers make the call. They're going to let him pass the ball. They're going to let the offense dictate how they play. That's what he wanted to accomplish, guys. He wants to make sure that he is the guy and he makes the calls. And they didn't let him do that last year. And I think what he's done has shown that power play. And he has made the organization start to understand, holy crap, we need him. We need him here. We need him happy. And we need to let him take control of this. And I think that's what is going to end up happening. So I think he's done his job. I think he did what he set out to accomplish when all this started. So let's all just shut up about it. Like, seriously, like just shut up. He's going to end up playing. And, yeah, we'll go from there. Now, maybe I'm wrong. But I really don't think I am. <clears throat> so we'll see what happens. Anyway, so that is the news that we're going to talk about. We're not going to discuss all that much more. Like we said, there is Game 4 of the NBA playoffs uh, tonight, so this is obviously being recorded before that uh, that game uh, starts, tips off. Uh, but yeah, we think that the Phoenix Suns will end up winning that game. Shooting variance was a big problem uh, in the last game. You know, Milwaukee played really well. Drew Holiday played amazing. I don't see him hitting those that many shots again. Um, and I think that Phoenix will not shoot that poorly. I mean, Devin Booker will not have that bad of a game. Again, so I think it will balance out, be a closer game, and if it's a close game, Phoenix is definitely going to win because Milwaukee doesn't have the veteran savvy guys. They don't have a way of sitting there and saying, okay, we need to get a good shot. Who's going to make sure we get a good shot? Uh, I, I just don't think they have that right now because there's things you can do to make Milwaukee take bad shots, and you don't have to do that with Phoenix. 
I think Chris Paul will make sure that, that doesn't happen. So, <clears throat> moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about, as we mentioned earlier with the XFL, the USFL. We are firm believers here that the NFL needs these other leagues. They need minor league, D league type atmosphere. You know, now does it have to be formalized developmental league? Does it have to be a formalized minor league team like you know that like MLB has for baseball? No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like the G League for the NBA. It really doesn't. If these teams don't want to come in, the NFL doesn't want to support this other league and you know help them financially and and push them and and help drive tickets with players that could potentially play in the NFL. Absolutely fine. Like, they don't have to do that. But I'm telling you, it would be in the best interest of the NFL to do it. So here's some of the reasons why we believe that this is going to be very important to the NFL. One, the NFL is a very tough league, guys. It's very, very tough. I had a former professor at Western Kentucky. He played for the Baltimore Ravens. And talked about it. it it's very very tough league it's hard on you it's hard on your body if you're not a starter you're getting thrown around like a rag doll in practice because that's what you're there to do i mean it's it's really brutal and you don't get paid all that much money you get all these taxes that hit you when you travel on road games and stuff you almost would rather be on the practice squad and not travel to games because you lose a lot of money when you travel on games so it is a difficult league it does make it tough once you have an injury it's very hard to get back and get back in shape, get back on track, get your contracts in place. It's really, really difficult. And not if you're not a superstar, okay? There's plenty of guys out there, though, that get hurt, have something happen. And you know what? They just need a chance. They need a chance to get back on the field. And then you get a chance. They need a chance to stay in shape. But if you're not playing for the NFL, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? You don't have anywhere to go. You're going to go to Canada and play in the Canadian Football League? Well, that sucks because you never see your family. So there's there's not a lot of options if you don't if you're not in college and you want to play the NFL or you want to stay in shape. You want to maintain your skills. You can't do that really right now. I mean, you could do maybe some of these indoor football leagues that are still going around, but that's a that's a different game. It really is. So I think that this is very vital to those types of players. There are a lot of players that still have some talent. There are players out there who have the ability to work and get better and better as years go on in their career. I mean, look at the NFL. There's plenty of guys who they struggle and struggle, and then all of a sudden they start playing really well. Corey Davis was a guy, came in the league, first couple seasons, people thought he wasn't gonna do anything. And then, you know, he really started getting stronger, and now he's a legitimate wide receiver in the NFL. You know, that there, there's plenty of guys like that who make those leaps and bounds into these great playing positions and stuff because they have that opportunity, you know? The the big thing is with quarterbacks. Guys, oh my gosh. Like, look at quarterbacks the way that minor league teams look at pitchers. They'll put pitchers out there. They'll put them in the D League. They'll let them get some pitching with these guys who are not as, as good. They'll move them up, move them up, move them up, and then finally they get to pitch in the big leagues. And, and they're they're ready. They're ready to go. And, and that's the thing you got to look at with these guys is right now, look at the NFL. Look at the guys who are young, stud, like 
I say stud, but like superstar wide receiver quarterbacks that are really, really good in the league. Okay, right now, and they're, and they're and they're pretty young. That's Patrick Mahomes. That's Josh Allen. That's uh, Lamar Jackson. What do those three players have in common, guys? Their rookie years, they weren't the starter for the season. Well, either they weren't the starter or they struggled, okay? Josh Allen did not start all the games of his rookie year. He struggled um, at times when he was out there, and people thought he wasn't going to be this long-term starter after his rookie season. They thought they needed to go get some help out there because he wasn't going to make it. Lamar Jackson, okay? Yeah, he came in and did some great things, but he wasn't going to be the initial starter. Patrick Mahomes wasn't the initial starter. You had Alex Smith out there. And then, you know, Patrick Mahomes came in the last couple games of the season or whatever and played really well. So that's my point. Look at these guys. Look at these players. Look at the patterns that are happening. And it is a lot better for these guys if you're not going to start them, you're not going to play them. Look at Jordan Love right now and Green Bay. How awesome would it be if Green Bay just had a freaking developmental team? If they had if they had an XFL team under them or a USFL team under them and they could send Jordan Love there and get him quality starting reps at quarterback position, that would have been amazing. And now they would have more leverage against Aaron Rodgers because he could have went out there and put up some really dang good numbers and put pressure on him, okay? Look at a guy like Sam Darnold. The Jets rushed him in there when he was so young. I mean, he's 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 almost as young as the rookies going in the league right now. So he could have been a guy that you send to the D, a D-League team or a, a team under their umbrella like this and let him develop for a year or two. And then finally, when he's mature, when he's ready, when maybe you've had the ability to build a good team around yourself, now you can get him in there and play him. But here's the thing, guys, I'm telling you right now, Sam Darnold is going to go to Carolina and he's going to play really well because that's a class act organization. They put the right people in place around you and they've got talent and ability. And that's well, he he will succeed there. And I feel bad for him because the Jets are just now starting to do that. They're just now starting to try to do that up there, and they ship him out. So, I mean, I feel good for Zach Wilson. I think he's going to do really, really well. But that's because they gave him talent and stuff like that. But there's teams that they, they're, they're desperate to get a great quarterback, but they don't have a good team. They're not ready to win. They don't have a great line. You know what? You're going to get your rookie destroyed. You're going to get your rookie beat up. You're going to kill his confidence. And that's what happened with Sam Darnold. That's a class act but it's a class A um, situation like I'm talking about. That is the perfect example of how he would have benefited from playing in an XFL or a USFL and, and getting some reps under him, guys. I mean, look, Baker Mayfield struggled. Baker Mayfield struggled in his rookie year as well. And then, you know, there were some questions and stuff. And he's, he's all right now. But he really, really struggled in that first season because, I mean, yeah, he was taking a beating out there. You know, Tua Tungavailoa, last year, it would have been great for the Miami Dolphins to see what he could have done. Give him some reps out there as a starter in a place where people are a little bit, you know, a little bit slower, not as fast-paced. Give him some reps out there. 
would have been great for him. A guy like Marcus Mariota. He's a guy who played really well at Tennessee for some years. Then he goes and gets hurt. And Ryan Tannehill, you know, came in, take, took over a spot. Marcus Mariota is a good quarterback, and he could go to a team like that, sharpen his skills, and maybe get to a point where, okay, he's he's one of the top quarterbacks in the XFL every year or the USFL every year. And if the team he's, you know, if the team he's playing for there, say their starting quarterback gets hurt, they might call him up and say, hey, we want you to be the starter now. And he's got valuable starting reps that he can come in and, and right away play how he needs to. That's the stuff that's really valuable, and I don't think these teams understand the value of it right now. But it really is something that's truly valuable, especially if these teams can go, or if these leagues can go into the spring. Because now you have guys who say they get hurt, say they pull an ACL, say something happens in their season season ends or they have surgery or whatever, and all of a sudden they can play again. It's going to be a lot better for them to get their confidence back, to get in working shape, to get in playing shape, if they can play and get some reps during that spring football. And then all of a sudden, now they can go back in the NFL with some confidence because they played well in spring football in the XFL or USFL. Guys, there's tons of reasons like that that makes so much sense. Tons of reasons. You know, it keeps your guys in shape, gets them confident when they come back from injuries, helps to prolong careers, helps, helps economies, things like that in certain markets. I mean, and that's going to help these teams succeed is to, to have people that know, hey, a team in Memphis is the Titans, you know, basically D-League team. You know, it's basically their feeder system. Okay, cool. I'm going to go watch these guys at Memphis because they might end up being Titans one day. Like, that ends up making value there. And if a guy ends up having to rehab or whatever, you know, he ends up having to – you know, play some reps with that team because he was injured and they want to get him in a few games in the spring. Guys, that that's huge. If they send Marcus Mariota down there and he played some reps, that like they'd pack the place. So that that's the thing that we need to see. Um, we need to see something like that. Uh, the other thing that is a reason for this working out would be there's many cities without a team that could fit minor league setups. You know, Memphis is a great city that could do a essentially minor league. Uh, you know, an XFL or a USFL team, that could be a feeder system to Nashville. Delaware could do, you know, Baltimore or Philly, and they've got some good football heritage now because Joe Flacco went to University of Delaware. Like, that right there is something easy. You know, there's there's New Jersey team for the New York teams. There is upstate New York that you could do for the other New York teams. Central Pennsylvania could do something for Pittsburgh. You know, you've you've got quite a bit of options here when you really take a look at it. You, know, you have New England... But you also you also could put a team in Boston, like in the city, and maybe that's your feeder system. So those are definitely things that these teams need to look at. Milwaukee could feed Chicago. Uh, you know, you can do something out there for uh, Green Bay. There's there's other options out there in Wisconsin you could do for Green Bay, or you could change uh, Chicago to to some other place. You know, Kentucky could be a feeder system for Cincinnati. San Diego could be for L.A., St. Louis for Kansas City, and, and much more, guys. I mean, that that's just some options there. It also gives a chance for some of these places that did lose their team a chance to get a team back that's not a pro team. I'm not a fan of rewarding cities who didn't support their teams and didn't keep them. You know, Seattle doesn't need to get an NBA team back. They lost the Supersonics. And I'm sorry, guys. That's just the facts. So they don't need to get an NBA team back. The, the L.A. 
not not L.A., but the St. Louis St. Louis Rams left and went to L.A. because St. Louis didn't want them. Okay, fine. They don't need to get an NFL team back, but give them an XFL team. Give them a USFL team. See how they do. You know, they had a, an XFL team. They had St. Louis. Um, can't remember the name of the team, but they, they had maybe it's the Wings or something like that, but they, they had a, a team, and they got some really good support out there. San Diego lost the Chargers. Like, give them a chance to have a team back there. You know, it gives you a good opportunity. And that also allows you to vet some of these markets and see how they take the football, see how they take the NFL. And when the NFL is looking to expand or add another team or a team needs to fold or wants to move, it gives you a good opportunity to know, hey, this place can do really well. Their XFL team has sold out for the past two seasons. So you could probably pack another stadium with an NFL team. You know, that gives you data. It gives you gives you thoughts of the economy and the fan bases. So plenty of reasons why this should work, guys. Again, this podcast is really we did some news and stuff, but we're really talking about why the XF the NFL needs leagues like the XFL and the USFL. Whether it's a formal agreement as a minor league system or not. They need them. They really do. They need it to flourish, especially if it's a spring football program. So very excited for all these things coming. We will. We cannot wait for the USFL. Aurora is shaking in her pants, peeing in her pants with excitement, waiting for it. Uh, so we can't wait to see that and see what the XFL does in 2023 when they come to shape. But, uh, yeah, we'll just wait and see what city those are. We will announce it as it comes to fruition. And, uh, yeah, we will be starting up more NFL discussions, going to start talking about different divisions, do some analysis of those divisions and things over the next few podcasts. And, yeah, we'll talk about NBA as well after we see what happens in Game 4. We'll give you guys an update. So you'll probably hear from us on – maybe hear from us on Friday, depending on what's going on, um, or you'll hear from us again on Monday. So thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Thank you, and have a great day.